0: Even though we've never met Haseeb Qureshi is very much a distant mentor of mine because i went through kind of a similar career transition that he has although i have never been as successful as he is in basically anything that he's done uh, but he has a really interesting perspective on airdrops which is a form of community reward in web3 which I think if anyone is serious about community, they should be studying closely because it's all about incentives and game theory, but also the inherent promise that people have with their communities.
1: You talked about how a lot of founders are frustrated by the number of people in discourse who are just there to like get the airdrop. I can't remember the name of this phenomenon, but just like when something just becomes the norm, then it becomes gamed, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. now everyone's just gaming airdrops. Do you think like airdrops are kind of turning into a thing in the past just because they've just been overused and abused for the last like 18 months? Or do you think airdrops are gonna be here for the rest of time?
0: I think airdrops are probably going to be here for a long time. I think there are some projects that will start to avoid doing airdrops, but airdrops are, although they are gamed, they're still really valuable. But there's the ability now to forego the airdrop, but to benefit from the implication of an airdrop, right? So like, if you don't do an airdrop, when you launch your token, people get mad at you. Mm. Even if you never say you're gonna do an airdrop, you don't even imply that you're gonna do an airdrop, but like people will automatically get mad at you. So like, what? How could you launch a project without an airdrop? How can you not reward your early customers? This is a terrible project. I'm gonna leave a bad review. I'm gonna report you or whatever. I'm gonna like tell the SEC mm-hmm. on you. <laughs> right? like, report the SEC This SCC is the kind on. of comments you get <laughs> if you try to launch a project without an airdrop. Why, why is that the case? Right. Why is that the case, right? Like why is that, why is it happening? And the answer I think is that what we have now is this very interesting thing that you generally don't see in economics, which is basically like backwards causation. Mm-hmm. In the sense that you are incentivizing behavior people did in the past by a pre-commitment that you're gonna do something in the future to reward their past behavior, right? So it's almost like, here's one problem, like a generalized problem in just game theory, right? Let's say we're in Russia, and I'm like trying to make you become, you know, the next president of Russia. And, you know, become the president of Russia is a very cutthroat business, right? So when you become president of Russia, you just have total control over everything. You're just like a, you know, a dictator. So if I help you to become the president of Russia, but when I succeed in making you president of Russia, I lose all my leverage over you. So I have no way to make you enforce your commitment to actually you know, pay me back for helping make you the president of Russia, then like I have no way to stop you from backstabbing me. And it's not rational for you anymore when you become president of Russia for you to actually make good on the commitments you made prior to that because you know you have total control. Now you can just like kill everyone who could potentially get in your way or who had any leverage over you. So this is a fundamental problem in a lot of systems where you cannot actually reward people in the past because there's no credible way to enforce the commitment right. after you become successful. Right. In the same way, right, like how do you enforce when a project actually becomes successful that they are going to go do the airdrop? And the answer is that there is really no way to do it. There's no way to enforce that this DAO actually does the airdrop and therefore rewarding the early community, like the way that you the leverage they have over you is that they're gonna yell at you and they're gonna say this is a bad project and blah, blah, blah. Right. But like if you become OpenSea or if you become, you know, Uniswap, it doesn't really matter what those people say because you're gonna win anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So somehow we've gotten to this equilibrium that even though it's really hard to enforce this, every project is kind of benefiting from this assumption that there is gonna be an airdrop. We're not gonna say it, we're not gonna-
1: The invisible carrot. There's
0: an invisible carrot, right? That's now implied with almost every single project. Mm -hmm. And the projects benefit from that because now a lot of people are using the project, they're putting TVL on the project, they're blah, 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 right? Like they're getting the flywheel going in the expectation that there is gonna be an airdrop. Now, if you don't do the airdrop, right? If you don't do the airdrop, you're kind of defecting in the prisoner's dilemma, mm-hmm. right? You're the person who's like, you know what? Everyone else is going to get hurt for this because other people now are going to start assuming that maybe there's not an airdrop on the next marginal project, but it's to my benefit to not do the airdrop, right? Even if a few people get mad at me, I don't really care. It's not going to impact my community that much. I suspect that what you'll see though, is that the risk of not doing the airdrop and pissing off your community is going to perceived as being too high that most projects are going to say, look, I'm going to do something, even if it's nominal, even if it's a very small airdrop, I'll do something. And that's the way in which I'm going to quote unquote defect Mm. from this equilibrium. So I'll do like a two to 3% token distribution airdrop, which is something, but it's not much. And that'll be my carrot to the community and say, look, I did an airdrop. You guys are just complaining, but technically, like I did the airdrop, I never told you how much I was going to give to the community. And that will become more and more closer to the equilibrium. But I think airdrops will probably just never go away Mm -hmm. because they've just become the norm. And People don't want to make their community mad at them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm okay with having my community a little bit mad at me, but I really don't want them to be like completely mad at me. And that's why like airdrops will just be this like sticky thing, kind of like white papers were, right? Like white papers, like why did we keep writing like LaTeX white papers, even for things that aren't technical, right? Like they don't need a white paper to explain them. Like after 2017, there became this like cargo cult of, if you're launching a token, you need a white paper and you need to put like math equations in it. And like, we just still, you
1: know, we've <laughs> gradually let go of this. Or even worse, graphic design. Yes,
0: exactly. Like we've gradually let go of this. We're like, now <laughs> now you see like notions, right? Like there's like a notion and we've gradually gotten to the point where you don't have to have white paper anymore. Right. Unless you're building something super, super technical, in which case, okay, you still need to have a white paper. But um, this norm just like showed up and it was so hard to make it go away. Even when I would tell on look, I don't care. You don't need to have a white paper. Just explain what you're building clearly. That's all I ask for. I do not ask for a white paper. I don't want a white paper. I want a clear explanation of what you're building. But it took a long time for it to go away because a lot of these norms become really sticky and hard to dismantle. Mm-hmm. And I think airdross yeah. might be one of them.
1: Right, It's just such a useful primitive that you it seems like people with enough creativity would be able to derive some sort of value out of them because you can kind of custom design an airdrop however you, like, it's almost like Turing complete, right? Like you can kind of design an airdrop however you see fit. So it's really up to you to to make it work. Haseeb, as we kind of wrap up here, I have just a zoomed out higher level question for you. Yeah. Do you think Web3 is currently, or at least on the trajectory towards trying to kind of fulfill some of the goals that The crypto industry has for it? Like Web3 has an ethos. It has like a vision or are we not doing that? Or are you more agnostic to like people's subjective interpretations as to what Web3 should be? Does that make sense as a question?
0: It does. It does. I would say I am personally more agnostic about what Web3 is and what it's supposed to be. You know, the term Web3 has metamorphosed so much over the last few years, right? Like Web3, you know, originally we just called it crypto. Now Web3 kind of is like this big basket of things Mm -hmm. that includes a lot. When I think Web3, you know, what that originally meant to me was a replacement for traditional web services Mm. intermediated by blockchains, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's what I think when I think Web3. Now, the term obviously has become much broader than that.
1: For the record, that is the first way that I started using Web3 back in 2017, 2018. And then it kind of left the common vernacular and then it kind of resurfaced in the last year. Personally, I just use it because it pulls well and people like it. It does,
0: it does. It is now, it's now like the more... um, it's a more respectable way to describe crypto yes. Web3, yes, like, sounds exactly more, right it's futuristic, <laughs> sounds more idealistic right it's more respectable uh-huh. um and so th- and this is like this is just the thing that happens right like uh-huh. with uh, with words is that some words get stale and you got to let them go and you got to adopt new ones so yeah you know, what are my views on the direction of web 3 I think the reality is that every single time I've heard somebody tell me what web3 was going to be or what crypto was going to be they were almost always wrong and the reality is that like I've been in this industry long enough to know that no one knows where it's going no one is able to predict the future direction of this stuff. The way that I see it, like all of us, all human beings who are participating in the crypto revolution, we're all playing on this like giant Ouija board and we're all pulling the thing in a different direction. And somebody who claims like, oh, I know what word we're spelling. They probably don't know. They might know the direction that we're pulling in right now. But as more people enter the space, as more ideas are invented and as more founders come in and start, you know, moving the direction of innovation somewhere else, we're going to see all this stuff evolve and all this stuff change. And so the answer in my mind is like, I think that the job, at least of a crypto investor, is not to try to predict the future, but rather to pay attention to the present. And, you know, one thing I often tell folks on our investment team when they ask me, like, oh, where, you know, how do we figure out what's gonna work and what's not gonna work? And the answer is like, look, no one can figure out what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. Like it's really hard to do. That's why, you know, venture is the way it is, which is that you invest in a ton of stuff and most of it doesn't work and a small number of things end up becoming really successful. You know, when we invested early into DeFi. We invested early into these alternative layer ones. Um, It was way before DeFi summer. It was way before Ethereum was congested, right? Or I guess congested in the ICO bubble, but uh, not anywhere to the degree that it is today.
1: Right.
0: And um, what we were doing at that time was not predicting the future. It was noticing the present. It was noticing that there were all these great entrepreneurs who had genuinely, really novel ideas about how to build a next generation blockchain that if in fact we were gonna get tens of millions of people into crypto, that that was gonna be necessary. And they were building it and they had insights that were real. Um, you know, DeFi in the early days, it was a bunch of nerds who were just like off in a corner playing with Lego blocks. And like, you know, at that time, it was not obvious that any of this stuff was going to be significant or that it was going to be billions of dollars in locked in any of these protocols. At the time, it was just a bunch of nerds in their garages, right? But like noticing that what they were building was actually really sound, was actually going to work if it really got to scale, and that it was really creating brand new innovations that had never before been invented. Noticing that was our superpower. As investors mm-hmm. and so i think the same philosophy today is that like i don't see my job or even my ability as being able to predict the future of crypto what i see my skill set as is being able to notice what's happening in the present to understand it to explain it and to at least draw the line out but the line is super uncertain where it goes and to that extent i'm kind of along for the ride just as much as anyone else is
1: yeah and it's certainly a fun ride to yep. see one last one and we'll wrap this up is there any um just like rule of thumb or life advice or just like law of the universe that you pay attention to and follow every single day when you wake mm. up in the morning? Any like bit of advice that you think is pretty canon that you like to like to share? A piece of advice that's canon. To you.
0: Yeah, I guess for me, the biggest thing that I'd say is that your scarcest resource is always time, even when it doesn't seem like it is. Mm. So anything that you can do to get more time is almost always the most valuable trade-off you can make.
1: Time being the one asset that you cannot purchase or mint or freely create. Exactly. So Hasib, with that, I thank you for your time and spreading some of your knowledge here on Layer Zero. Thanks for having me, David.